Real vibes, real shit, real stories. Come get a bite at the Lunch Meat Podcast. So welcome again to the Lunch Meat Podcast. And today I have a very special guest with me today. This woman is a mental health therapist, a retired Navy veteran. She's a very, very motivated motivational speaker. I've seen some videos of hers on YouTube. Very nice, especially for all the beautiful women in the world. And she's a, also the author of her book, Maximize Your Superpowers. I would love to introduce to you the beautiful Miss Dr. Capri Cruz. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> so today, Dr. Cruz or Capri, we're going to cover the topics of basically how to use the, your mind to create uh, your life that you want to live. Why relationships can be very destructive for people who don't have their ish together or shit together. You know, why do people why why are we not taught to build ourselves up first in this country? Uh, let's see what else. As well as the substance and uh, child abuse that stands in this world today, and why does it affect the people that we have right now? Okay. And also, uh, uh, Capri, just tell everybody uh, where you're from. You know what you do for a living. You know, just make okay. everybody make everybody aware of yourself. Like, with, who are you, basically? Who am I? Yeah. Um, so my name is Capri, and uh, I'm from New York City. Oh, okay. and, what part uh, of you? Yeah, I'm a northerner, a New York <laughs> City girl. And uh, right now, I'm overseas. I I usually work overseas as an international psychotherapist, but uh, I also work in the states. And um, you know, it's just my natural calling. I was I was kind of led to become a therapist, um, predominantly I think because of my own life experiences. I think when people are led to a particular calling in their life, mm-hmm. it always um, kind of you can figure out why based on their history and how they were brought up. Mm-hmm. And so I was brought up in foster care and. Um, funny how you brought up um, substance abuse and child abuse because that's exactly the environment that I came up in and so because of my parents being substance abusers and just not really very good parents um, I ended up going into the foster care system and so because I grew up in that kind of environment, which is a very unstable environment, typically. Um, A lot of trauma comes along with that kind of lifestyle. Mm. And so I needed to figure out my own stuff. I had to learn how to heal and process my history and understand why I ended up in foster care and how come my parents didn't you know get their stuff together you know and that that has a lot of um you know generational kind of um aftermath to it and so for me to ever have a healthy relationship with my daughter and learn how to become a good parent i had to figure out all of my own history Mm. so you got to go back in time and revisit yes (laughs) oh wow yeah and um And so that's the tricky thing, right? Because we need to kind of go back and figure out what happened. And and that takes a particular intention because sometimes what happens is people 
um, kind of cling to the trauma yeah. because if you grew up in trauma, then that's really all you know. Mm. It's like basically, you know, you know, in the urban section, urban selection, you live in the hood, but then you go to this nice, I guess. Well, you go from an urban section like a hood, right? And you go visit, uh, I guess, a suburban area, but you still take your actions that you le- learn in the hood to the urban, like to the uh, mm-hmm. suburban area, and to the suburbs. Yeah, you know the things that you do in the hood, you, you don't really need to do to survive in a suburban area, but that your mentality is still there. Right, because our mentality gets programmed. Everything about us gets programmed from even before birth. Mm. You know, while we're in the womb, we're being programmed, and um, and your brain can only do what it knows to do. Mm. So, if you grow up in the hood, um, I grew up in the projects of the Lower East Side of New York City for a while, and then after that, you know, in foster care, it wasn't the hood outside but it was yeah. the hood in the home yeah, like <laughs> you know survival violence and you know i was that someone tried to kill me at oh, one wow. point what um there was yeah there's a lot of abuse so you're you're hype as a foster child i was hyper vigilant yeah. and any child that grows up in violence whether it's in the street or in the home your senses get honed in on certain things because your brain shifts into survival mode. Mm, yeah, that makes sense because, you know, I actually had a little sister that grew up in the foster care system. So that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then you, you're familiar. Yeah, I'm not super familiar, but mm-hmm. I'm like, very, like, I'm kind of familiar. I'll just say that just the way, you know, yeah. how she receives people and how she is always defensive in a way so yes so that's crazy but i'm I'm actually quick a quick question so you think like if you stay with your parents you think that you think you still have like a different trauma or you think your life would have been more different like rather than going to foster care did you ever thought about that if you did stay with your parents yeah so it's a very interesting question and Probably each person you might ask would have a different opinion, but the bottom line is it's all speculation because yeah. you can't know for certain if something actually didn't happen. So I can't know for certain how my life would have been mm. growing up with my, my parents. But, um, you know, I think that the trauma that I experienced in foster care, I don't I don't believe I would have experienced that type of trauma living with my parents. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if parents aren't um, good parents and they don't have good parental skills, then there's the potential there that you're not supervising your children. So even though the trauma may not have come directly from my parents, if they weren't supervising me, I, I could potentially have been... Um, vulnerable to other people um, doing things to me, which would have resulted in just a different form of trauma. So I don't think that whether I went to foster care or lived with my parents that I would have been trauma-free. I just think it may have shown up differently for sure. Okay, cool, cool. So, all right, so we're going to get started with this, man. I like that, uh, that little intro you did, you know, introducing yourself. But... So how can people 
create the life we live using our minds. I know like specific things about it because I'm a big person of a law of attraction. Like I believe in positive energy and I actually mastered back in 2012 after I graduated, graduated high school, whatnot. I actually mastered like the way like thoughts become things and you wake up feeling groggy your day and then you just wake up and you're you're worse like no i don't feel like working today i don't feel like today's gonna be a good day then your whole day becomes a bad day because what you say and what you think as soon as you get up in the morning so that effect is is very very powerful so in your words how can we create the life that we live using our minds question because after I became a psychotherapist Mm -hmm. I realized that the the work that I really needed to do on myself at at one particular point was not happening just through talk therapy okay um and so I went on to become a hypnotherapist Mm. and um and that's where I really studied the brain um the brain being the organ and the mind being how that organ actually works through your conscious and your subconscious mind. So number one, I think people need to get the education because most people in the world, I would presume don't really know a whole lot about their brain and how it works (laughs) because we're not taught. Mm. So everything starts with education, right? Okay. So once they understand how the organ works and that they actually have personal power this is a really important part of the whole you know evolution of man moving from survival mode to creation mode which is really the answer to your question um to do that you have to understand the the mechanics of it all and Mm. Understanding that you not only have personal power, but, you know, where does willpower come into that? And so when you start discussing willpower, then you have to understand whether you are victimized, Mm -hmm. if you have a victimized mentality, or, you know, are you able to transition into the mindset of creation? Because creating the life that you want using your mind requires us. It requires us to leave survival mode, which requires reprogramming our subconscious mind, Mm. which is what I do as a hypnotherapist. But even people that aren't hypnotherapists can still reprogram their their subconscious mind. But everything that we are and everything that we do predominantly comes from the subconscious mind. And if you've ever heard of the saying that says um, we only use about 10% of our mind. It's very true. That's exactly what they're talking about. That 10% is our conscious mind. But the other 90%, you know, is our brain working or our mind rather working on autopilot from all of the programming that we've been exposed to from our childhood. Mm, that's, That's very important. So that's like, you know, you know, you in your childhood, right? And you see drinks all around you all the time. You see cigarettes all the time or you see different mm-hmm. negative habits. Then you might come across a porn tape one time. Then growing up like that, drinking can become a drinking habit because you've seen it. That 
cigarette can become a smoking habit, which can lead to more drugs. And that porn tape can become Mickey a sex addict in a way. So it's very true. I believe in that whole whole steadily because a lot of people deal with it every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what you're talking about is the influence our environment has on us. Mm. And so especially, um, you know, our, our conscious mind, the front part of our skull is our prefrontal cortex. And that's where your rational thinking and your planning and your decision making, your conscious mind is located there. And that doesn't get fully developed until we're about 25 years old. Mm, that makes so, sense. That make, you're making mm-hmm. perfect sense. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So most of everything we learn, so from birth to seven years old specifically, is all subconscious mind. Mm. The conscious mind is slowly developing, but it's not, you know, activated yet. And so everything that we're exposed to gets programmed it's like a sponge there is no filter to the child's brain to say this is wrong or i don't agree with this or um this this is against the law (laughs) you know none of that is programmed in our mind yet it's all just environmental and even further on after seven years old we're still very vulnerable and so as you were saying about the alcohol i just wrote in my book recently i think it was my second book but it might have been my first book but um the fact that my grandfather i ended up Mm. moving in with my grandfather okay and uh, my father's father and my my father's family is puerto rican and so our Puerto Rican heritage is through from alcohol is Bacardi rum, mm. right? They they manufacture rum in Puerto Rico, Bacardi okay. rum in Puerto Rico, and so you know there was a bottle of Bacardi rum never opened. He never opened it, but it was on the hutch in the dining room table in the dining room um, area for the two years that I lived with him. And then, so guess what? When I joined the military, what was my drink of choice? Bacardi rum. (laughs) I never drank before, but because I saw that every day as a teenager, that became my preferred drink. Mm. Environment is everything. Yep, and exposure. So Yes. Because somehow my favorite drink became Grey Goose, but I think I know why. (laughs) You know, a little boozy. (laughs) You know, he, he's talked about Grey Goose in the song, my favorite song, White Be Down Remix. So ever since then, I was like, I'm loose as a goose. I got to get the drink when I go to the club. I got to turn up. But, right, right. But yeah. That's, that's important. It, we're so susceptible to programming. Yeah. It's in the marketing. It's in the social media marketing. It's in our communities. It's in our household. It's in the school system, the peer pressure. I mean... It is how we develop as human beings predominantly. Mm. Control the mind, you can control everything. It's crazy. Whew. All right. So we're going to go ahead and move to the next topic here. So we're going to discuss why relationships can be destructive for people who don't have their shit together. So. <laughs> <laughs> This is so ironic because (laughs) I was writing a chapter today. I'm co-authoring a book um, for this gentleman who's um, putting together 12 
uh, successful and uh, accomplished foster care alumni oh, wow. um, to be authors of this book to help foster children emancipate from foster care mm. in a better manner, you know. And that was one of his points <laughs> that he wanted to talk about. So, um, you know, why relationships can be destructive for people who don't have their stuff together is because you're damaged. (laughs) Your brain is programmed and it's jacked up. You got a virus in your mind. You know, um, we are byproducts of our environment. So if I'm broken emotionally, yeah. if I haven't dealt with my upbringing and my trauma and my history and my past, and it doesn't have to be, you know, as traumatic as my upbringing was, you know, yeah. someone trying to kill me and people beating me that I didn't know and stuff That's like crazy. that. It doesn't have to be that traumatic. It's, you know, maybe you have, maybe your father wasn't there. Maybe your father abused you or maybe, you know, your mom was an alcoholic or whatever. And if you haven't dealt with the neglect or the influence that whatever your upbringing situation and everybody has something in their past that needs to be dealt with. Um, If you haven't processed that, forgiven that, healed Mm -hmm. from it, found compassion and um, been able to create some peace over it, either through your spiritual growth or just through you know, detachment and just being like, you know, people are jacked and that's what happened with me growing up and I understand it rationally and, you know, I can move on from it. Some people can do that. Um, If you haven't done that work, that inner work that needs to be done, it's going to show up in the future. And so if I haven't processed my stuff and my boo hasn't processed his stuff, Mm -hmm. it's going to show up. You know, we could pretend it's not there. We can ignore it. But I'm going to trigger something in you and you're going to trigger something in me eventually. And that's how issues get started. Next, you know, you're broken up. (laughs) Exactly. Because we have because the beautiful thing about doing the work, the inner work to process our history and heal from our stuff is that you learn. Number one, how to identify it. If it pops up in the future, Mm -hmm. you learn coping skills. So if I do get triggered, okay, how do I manage my emotions? How do I overcome my emotions and my anger? Um, How do I recognize, you know, when my body, my physiology is beginning to shift back into survival mode? You know, so there's a level of awareness about myself that I have to gain And you only do that through looking the enemy in its eye. You know, whatever your deal is, you have to deal with that head on so that you can learn these skills so that even if it does show up, doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean just because you process it, it's never going to show up again. But now you're a healthier person and you can handle it better. And also, if, you know, a certain individual caused that trauma, right? If you know that you're never going to see that person again, you know, you know, take your time out, you know, just to make pictures and relaxed place. Think about the person. You know what? I know this person did this something to me, this bad traumatic experience. I'm going to forgive this person internally and spiritually. Then once you do that, 
like everything's released, you know, you really got to mean that forgiveness part because if you keep, if that's something just keep popping up, the traumatic experience, that triggeredness, then that you can shift all it back to the very, the very first time that person did mm-hmm. to you. And if you did, yeah, absolutely. Them, uh-huh, go ahead, go ahead. But you know what it requires? Mm-hmm. It requires that person who ultimately needs, as you're saying, to forgive yeah. the situation. Um, it requires that person to have a strong and healed and healthy self-image. Exactly. Yep. A lot of positive got to be flown through your body. <laughs> yes. Yep. If you are not healed, you probably will not have a positive self-image because mm-hmm. i mean you could be successful in business you could have you know do all these things but if that part of you is still not healed there's an insecurity in you and it's mm-hmm. like touching a live wire or you know Ooh. going to the dentist and they touch that nerve it's like you just bounce out of the chair so if someone touches that nerve verbally in an argument or something like that then your mind, your subconscious mind reverts back to that person that you were when you felt that trauma, that pain, or whatever it was. Mm, yeah. Next thing you see that person, you want to fuck them up, so you don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, start, you know, for people like me, I used to throw things. That yeah. was my thing, right? And, throw things. And because my self-image... I needed to create a new identity for myself. Okay. I had to see who I was, recognize why I was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Wasn't my fault. You know, it's just not about fault. It's not about judgment. It's just about evolution. Do I want to evolve to become a better person? And if I do, I need to be honest about what's jacked up about me so I could fix it, so I could create a new identity. And oftentimes, those are all about me. I'm okay. good. I got this. I, you know, so a lot of times it really requires a spiritual transformation. Okay. Makes sense. Perfect sense. So why do people get in relationships to fill a void of emptiness? Is that like one of the many reasons why? Or? Well, I think it goes back to, um, you know, we're social beings, mm-hmm. right? We weren't created to live in isolation. We are community-based. We've been community-based since eons ago, right? Um, Tribes, um, cavemen, you know, all of that. We've always been community-based in some way, shape, or form. And so um, oftentimes we seek out through another person what it is we feel that we need, but Mm -hmm. we're just attracting the same of what we are Mm. and so that's where we get in a lot of trouble because we think oh this emotion feels so good i feel good right now he loves me or she loves me or they're paying attention to me but emotion is a very tricky thing yeah break that down (laughs) and um it confuses people because it's not i say emotion should inform you but it should not lead your decision making Mm, that makes sense it's like uh so i was telling my friends all the time right i was telling this you know because i learned from a lot of ogs (laughs) so i tell them that like listen if you take your heart out the situation and Think with your brain. Would you still be with this person? Or would you do this exact thing? Would you do it over again? If you're about to make a decision or to better your life, 
And you're like, nah, no, nah, I don't want to leave her and stuff like that, whatever. And I don't want to move this far place. If you take if you take your emotions out of the situation, what benefit does that person bring to you, though, in a way? Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's what I always think about before I make a decision. <laughs> you know, relationships or, you know, my past relationships or uh, my, my uh, friend's relationship, uh-huh. the advice I give them. That way they can make a better decision. They don't have to think what they dick or think what they pussy. So that's what I think about. That's why I give them all yeah, the time. Yeah, because when you talk about thinking with those um, body parts, Items. <laughs> it's, really, it's really the chemicals in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. So when we feel good or we get this chemistry spark or whatever the case is with this other person, there's hormones that are being released in our brain. This is why it's so important people need to learn about the brain. These, these feel-good chemicals, these oxytocin chemicals and hormones all of this stuff is being released and you think you're in love this is what the feeling of love is it's Mm. chemicals in your brain but um what often happens is people begin to um fall in love with the idea Mm. of what it is that they wish the relationship was and not really the person because if you really look at the person you're with you're fighting them you're cursing them you're you're trying to get away yep. from them you know you don't really <laughs> like the person but you're trying to make this relationship work because you're lonely or you've been abandoned in the past or just human nature we want to be in relationship with people but we need a better kind of um grid or or scale or something to judge our relationships off of besides emotion and that takes rational thinking which you don't really learn you don't know how to think rationally typically unless someone teaches you how to think exactly that's why communication we're not, yeah we're not born thinking rationally mm. it's it's a learned trait exactly that's why you know communication is important when you first meet the person yeah tell me everything like i'll I, I be honest from the very start like this is where i'm at in my life this is what i was mm-hmm. doing before i met you you know, I was out in the streets rolling. <laughs> then um, <laughs> I met you and my mentality is still there. But you know what? For you, I'm going to slowly change and evolve because I know to be with you, you have to definitely evolve. Your desires has to change. It's a it's a lot of different things and different habits to becoming a whole person before you decide to adjust yourself to that person's life or not not only just but equalize yourself mm-hmm. to that person's life so that's very important yeah it's it, it's a you know relationships are a thing man like i'm single yeah I, I i know better i'm you know i think now i'm ready to be in a relationship but prior to i think i've been single for like the last 10 years i just i got burned too many times and i was like yeah. you know what I'm not really ready for a relationship. Why mm. do I keep doing this to myself? Yeah. <laughs> Pitch yourself in these situations. <laughs> yeah. But people are scared to be alone. They don't know how to be alone. They don't know the difference between being alone and mm. being lonely. A lot of people don't know how to, um, you know, just love themselves. Exactly. Self-love. What does that mean? You know, um, because immediately, as children, you know, we're thrown into other people. You know, 
like, com- you know, daycare, pre-daycare, pre-pre-daycare, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And, and so we're always around other people, and we don't really have a whole lot of time to just think about me. Who am I? Because I'm always preoccupied with this external stimuli of my family, my friends, my neighbors, my school, and then you go to work, and then you're in relationships, you know, romantic, and it's like, when do we get time by ourselves? Exactly. We really don't. And that's why and it's I, not promoted, mm-hmm. you know, culturally, you know, oh my God, culturally, it's just <laughs> sad the way, you know, the American culture is, you know, that we lack tradition, we lack um, just so many good staples of, you know, community and relationship. Exactly. It, it's um, so culturally, you know, we got a nation of single parents people having babies i mean my cousin was on drugs and she kept mm-hmm. having kids and giving them to people to raise oh man and i'm like i am very much pro everybody stop having children yeah <laughs> it is it's a crisis in this country yeah oh my god it's, that's crazy that's why you know yeah. i believe like i believe in this this is my belief you know, so you start dating, right? And a person, say me, you start dating, right? And you're, you know, you're doing a therapist when you're doing your fun personal activities. I'm doing my fun personal activities, my passion and stuff. Then we, t- so I, I will want you to still do that. Be yourself. So some people try to change in like to like togetherness. I always believe in, you know, uh, Capri, go ahead and do your uh, your therapist thing, your your fun swims on the beach, stuff like that. I want you to do that. Why you do that? I'm gonna do my passion back here. I'm doing my little podcast <laughs> and everything, and uh, make things that make myself happy as well. Then when we like later, you know, during the day, let's come together. Let's do something together. That way, you're still individual, but you're still whole. But mainly, you're still yourself. So that's that's what I believe into. So absolutely so that's perfect all right so um so you talk about being single so what's the benefits of being single um the benefits of being single well i know because you know i was single once but keep going i never really thought of it like that like what are the benefits i think the the benefit well for me you know i'm a little older and Mm -hmm. so i'm more focused yeah um i don't know if that has anything to do with age and maturity but i'm focused so i like to so i was in a relationship once i'll tell you this mm-hmm. and i was i was writing my first book and the guy i was dating you know and rightfully so he wanted a lot of my attention and my time and but i was writing a book you yeah. know and so that's kind of where you know my mind was and my energy and and i just wasn't into the relationship the way he needed me to be yeah no so, he puts the support you're like no do you write your book if you need me to pay like a little period somewhere in the sentence <laughs> let me know right you want me to edit it for you you know it, so he was, he was a little bit more needy than i was at the time which is ironic because i'm i'm a little bit of a needy person in relationships sometimes mm-hmm. but the benefits of me being single is that i have a lot of time to write 
And I think I've, I've just gotten tired of writing. I was writing this last chapter for this book, and I, I was struggling. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? I've probably written too much over my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But So I have time to do the things that I want to do. I don't have to cook and clean for people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't got to wash nobody's clothes. I, you know, it's just, it's just I'm in my own lane, and I, I do everything I want to do pretty much, you know, and, and I don't have to take anybody else's feelings or, you know, schedule into consideration. It also gives me a lot of time to really self-reflect. I'm really into what you were talking about, about creating my future with my mind. Yeah. And so, you know, I've come to understand how, how limited our time is here on earth. I think when we're born, we have like 30,000 days. And by the time we graduate high school or something like that, we're down to 15,000. Oh, wow. And so <laughs> when you start looking at life like that, you know, your priorities shift. And, and I have matured to the point where things that used to matter to me, I have found to be frivolous and um, unproductive. And, and I just look back on things that I spent so much time and money on and I have nothing to show for it wow. at this point yeah, in my yeah, life. Yeah. And so now I'm really honed in on things that will leave a legacy for my family. That's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm lucky enough, I'll build an empire before my time's up. But um, yeah, I'm just really focused. And I think that's the greatest benefit that I, that I have that luxury to be so Yep, and at this point. You know, yeah, I think about that a lot, too. And, like, definitely my benefit because being single is actually finding myself, you know, finding my passions, finding my gift, uh, mm-hmm. learning about what I don't like about people, love about people, <laughs> uh, what type of company I would like to t- uh, keep around, what type of business I can endeavor in. And uh, there's many, many things that you can learn. But that's very true. So what about this? You know, I don't want to say benefits of being in a relationship. Because our relationships don't work, you know. Reason why? Because you're not with the right one. So, what's the benefits of being with the right one? See how I twist that question up there? Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um. I I have never been with the right one, so I don't mm-hmm. know that I can fully answer that accurately. But I would presume that um, the benefits of being with the right person is that. They respect your space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was in relationships, um, I was going through his phone. Oh, I damn, was girl. following yeah. him. <laughs> the more he neglected me, the harder I ran after him yeah. kind of thing, you know. And, um, and so none of that would happen in the right relationship, right? Um, yeah, I think there would be a, um, a good balance between... Um, me time and us time mm-hmm. and and hopefully you know we could respect each other's individuality you know that's what I mean and, and grow in the same direction I think that's a big one wanting having the intention and actually wanting to grow in the same direction you know is mm-hmm. your partner and in some part of your relationship obviously you have your own individual things but the root of your relationship is we're building something here what are we building you know what i mean mm, have a vision <laughs> definitely have a vision 
for yeah y'all. don't waste my time i'm yeah. not interested in coming home and catering oh, and no. and you taking advantage of that or mm-hmm. or you know what i mean like all that young stuff that we used to do like no now in this day and age it's about compatibility um common goals building a legacy for future generations building you know generational wealth exactly if i could find somebody like that then that would be the right one for me (laughs) (laughs) good all right so next uh topic we're gonna move on is why are we not taught to build ourselves up first in this country like what was the core you probably uh touched on a little bit earlier in this conversation but in the main part like uh yeah. Why why aren't we taught that? Um, we're not taught that because we do what we see has been done. Mm-hmm. We are we are, so our brain is an organ of familiarity. It doesn't like to go outside of its comfort zone, right? Okay. And so its comfort zone is what you've been taught, what you've been exposed to. Um, to learn something new or different is going outside of your comfort zone. And so if you haven't seen it before, you know, you potentially don't even recognize or you don't have the awareness that the option is even available to you. So Mm -hmm. there are millions of people who have never even thought about the concept of, oh, I should focus on me and building myself and healing myself and figuring out what I want to do with my life first, right? So if the concept is never introduced into our consciousness, then we could live for decades, forever, our whole lifetime, oblivious to that it is even an option. Mm. So a lot of it comes from exposure. Okay. You know, and there are outliers, right? There are people who do think rationally, um, without being taught specifically. And there are people who who do, you know, they're so inclined to know that, oh, I should be thinking about building myself up first. You know, they just innately know this kind of thing. It's, it's in their conscious awareness. But predominantly, we do what we've seen done in our home. And so if our parents were hard workers, then we'll probably have some form of work ethic. Um, but on the other side of it, there's outliers that go against the grain also. So whatever they saw in the home, they're going to be the complete opposite. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Very, very true. <laughs> All right. So the next segment is going to be very, very fun. You know, I got some interview questions I'm going to ask you personally. And Okay. I feel like I'm on a game show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So let's see here. So first question is, would you want to be loved or feared and why? Um, I'm definitely a lover. I'm not into fear. Um, I'm a nurturer. I'm a therapist. You know, there's a there's a certain kind of personality archetype to be in. Um, in my mind anyway mm-hmm. to be in a therapist to me there is a, a particular archetype and that is the nurturer the carer you know obviously there are outliers in that also not every therapist is a caring therapist 
although they should be or <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. not be a therapist at all but <laughs> so yeah i would definitely want to be loved love is one of you know my primary language um of existence okay so you know your love languages as well um so i forget what the five are but i would i would venture to guess <laughs> that m- so this is a weird question yeah. because you know to be transparent um <laughs> it's gonna sound really odd <laughs> um i feel if i didn't have my spiritual understanding of who i am in christ and yeah. the love that comes with that i would say that i am an unloved person because i i didn't grow up with family i grew up in all that abuse and trauma and all of that kind of thing but i don't i don't have any family relationships so there isn't outside of my daughter but there isn't any love there right Mm. and i'm not in a relationship or like a romantic relationship so technically i don't really feel loved by someone else other than like my daughter or something Mm -hmm. but i've you know, I've gotten to a place in life where I don't need that kind of love anymore. You know, if I get it, that's great. You know what I mean? I'm all for it because I'm a lover. But <laughs> I'm cool without it, too. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Definitely. So what do you fear? What do Capri fear? <laughs> oh, um, so that, oh, that's my other phone. That's an interesting question because... Um, I grew up in fear, right? Fear, fear was my predominant emotion. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not sure what's happening there. I think people are waking up and um, my Facebook messages are, are showing up, but I don't know how to turn the phone off. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) so fear was my predominant emotion growing up. Okay. for many decades into my childhood so um what so subconsciously my brain was conditioned and programmed to fear certain gestures people would do it would trigger my my fear mechanism in my brain the the um, the emotion center of your brain is called your limbic system and so within the limbic system there's um a a mechanism called your uh, amygdala and that's where the fight flight and freeze um is generated that emotion is generated and so um so my brain was conditioned to fear certain gestures mm-hmm. of people because i was so hyper vigilant on what the person looked like who was hurting me or about to hurt me you know their mannerisms um their their footsteps the amount of strength that they would use if they shut a door you know certain things my brain picked up on um because i was an abused child so even as an adult sometimes those things activate my fear mechanism but i've gotten to the point where i can um you know rationally control it and kind of de-escalate the situation and take control over the emotion. And that's what everybody really needs to, to yeah. get to a point to in life where they can override their emotions and manage their emotions through their rational mind. 
Okay. okay. So that's a long answer. Yeah. To... <laughs> that's a great doctor answer. <laughs> yeah. That's a great but, answer. Like, though. on a simple level, what do I fear? Um, I fear, like, go, going on, like, um, a carnival cruise. Yeah. Like, I really want to go on a carnival cruise, but watching Titanic oh, really shit. messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm scared to like get out into the open ocean and you know i i don't like to be vulnerable like that so i don't get on roller coasters um i took my daughter to london and she got on the uh the london eye which is kind of like an enclosed um uh what do you call those big round wheels that go around the ferris wheel um should be called ferris wheel yeah was it ferris wheel Yes, the Ferris wheel. Yeah. So it's it's like an enclosed Ferris wheel, okay. the London Eye. And my daughter got on that, and it goes around very slow, so you can see all of London. That's you know? nice. I and I was like, oh, hell nah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting on that thing. <laughs> oh, you got you to do something. So. You got to skydive. You got to go on a, definitely go on a cruise. I went to Mexico, you know, uh, this summer, so... My Did second you? cruise, yeah, you gotta, you gotta oh, go on the cruise. I know. You're, you're surrounded by that. water right get now. Over my but, daughter, I took her. We went. Uh, where did we go? We went to uh, Catalina Island in California. Okay. And uh, and she wanted to go zip line. She wanted me to go zip lining with her. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you watch too much Final <laughs> Destination. That's your problem. <laughs> you need to get out the movies. I keep my feet on the beach. I'll be back here. You know watching the towels and stuff like oh, y'all go man. have fun i would like to get on jet skis you should i was about to say um, that do some jet skis maybe one day i could do that yeah but it's yeah the open the open spaces i don't really dig that i like to be where there's like walls and stuff and yeah I'm no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah you gotta open your mind all right. I know. I'll go hiking. I don't mind going hiking. Yeah, hiking is cool. What's you know? What if you know you still get attacked by a bear, or coyote? You know, eat your little leg. You, you know, so what if that happens? Uh, what you talking about? Exactly. <laughs> I, California and I can't go hiking. They're like all oh, the coyotes and the mountain lions. I'm like, what? Oh uh, my lord! So you be all right. So you just got to do it. All right. So next question is, what's your what's your favorite movie? thing i ever seen in my life was toy story four toy story three in spanish <laughs> in spanish <laughs> that was hilarious especially when you know in my younger days yeah it was hilarious <laughs> but yeah. um i think um now my favorite movie oh my god i don't know i don't know it's been a minute since i've been to the movies so i'm not sure oh, you gotta go Movie theater is popping right now. <laughs> it's popping like people don't believe. Like movie theaters is really, really that it's that fun right now. Oh, I, I did just see the Rocks movie. Oh, uh, oh Shaw, Shaw, Cobbs and, and yeah, Shaw. Cobbs and yeah. Shaw. Yeah, that was tough. I like that movie. That was good. <laughs> All right. So, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? Okay, so it's gonna sound a little corny, probably to those that don't get it, but. <laughs> 
I heard some New York coming out to you. Keep going. <laughs> um, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added unto you. Yeah, Matthew 0633 got it tatted on me. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's right on my arm. I got that tatted on me, and I got a Philippians 413. So, yes, yeah, yes. That's my favorite favorite uh verse from the bible so matthew 6 because it makes you sense know, yeah go ahead i'm sorry no yeah it just makes sense you know especially with um the life you want it definitely manifests well uh, relates to the creating like the things that you want with your mind too if you just look at that every day mm-hmm. you definitely create that vibe with it yes absolutely because what I found in my life is no matter what I was trying to do, mm-hmm. if it wasn't in alignment with the spiritual greater calling on my life, if it wasn't, if it wasn't meant to be, if it wasn't anointed, if it wasn't predestined, you know what I mean? Whatever mm-hmm. we want to call it, it didn't work. And I got tired of doing stuff that, that didn't three work. years later I realized <laughs> this shit ain't working. <laughs> 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 and this verse kept showing up and i was like okay okay i get it i need to seek your kingdom first and to me what that means is you know what is it that god has me here for yeah if i can figure that out and it, i'm not clairvoyant or clairinvestment or whatever the word is but you know if i can get in touch with my my spiritual inner voice what does this feel right is this where i feel like i'm being called to i don't need to have the whole picture but i can know if i'm going in the right direction and then if i use my rational brain you know let's say i think okay me dating this guy this is a terrible example but (laughs) if i think this is um, if I'm, if I think I'm being led in the right direction and then I can use my rational brain to say, okay, can I use the wisdom that I've learned about, you know, do we have things in common? You know, mm-hmm. is he, um, a basket case? Is he violent? Is, is he, does he have tendencies that are, you know, unhealthy for me to be around, you know, so learning to use my spiritual inner guidance system and my rational brain allowing my emotion to inform me when something feels right or doesn't all of that keeps leading me back to that bible verse okay am i going in the direction of the kingdom of god and yeah that's that is definitely the best piece of advice i've ever been given okay perfect perfect so what's the worst piece of advice that you ever received (laughs) uh trust me yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh that that's it <laughs> yeah girl you know you can trust me <laughs> yeah oh man that's crazy all right so what's your favorite breakfast cereal <laughs> oh definitely um frosted mini wheats frosted uh, no it got do you add do you add bananas to yours Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's hot. That's only like eat it too. That's the <laughs> one thing my father did teach me. He put bananas on my cereal when yeah. I was growing up, and I like that. That thing's busting, just like it's it's busting. All right. So, all right. <laughs> so, if you're going to be on a stranded island and you could only bring two things, what is it? Definitely, um, I was. Oh God. All right. Let me. So, off top, I would say. A pen and a notebook. 
because mm. I write a lot. Okay. So well, if I couldn't, couldn't you... write, I, that just wouldn't be right for me. Uh-huh. Um, but if I thought about it, yeah. <laughs> I would say um, <laughs> uh, I would bring my daughter yeah. and a lot of water. I mean, yeah. you're on the island, so you got water around you. <laughs> you can boil water. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to do all that on a stranded island. Maybe I should bring a guy. I wouldn't bring my daughter because she, she, she doesn't know how to boil water either. Oh, on a God. Island. <laughs> we, we don't know how to make. We didn't go through Girl Scouts and all of that. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. So what's your most prized possession? Um, I think I would have to say my daughter. Okay. Definitely. But outside of that, because, you know, that's kind of, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, obvious. Um, outside of that, oh, definitely my dog, Fido. <laughs> Your dog, Fido? <sighs> what kind of dog you have? I got the best dog ever. Um, I don't know. It's my, it was my daughter's dog, mm-hmm. and I just kind of took him from her but I, I think he's a carolina dog okay carolina and dog. um he's just the best man he's got like the best spirit he's fun he's loving he likes to snuggle he likes to play he's just he's he's a good dog okay okay so describe your perfect date in details oh wow my perfect date your perfect um, date like you know what this change your whole life <laughs> That wow. one, the one date that changed your life. If you can have that perfect date, I think. Uh, um, I think my perfect date would be um, one where he took me to like um, a real high end, like private car, um, like a private car dealership or storage or something like that, where they have like all these high-end cars like that would blow my mind yeah if i could get into a lamborghini and a rolls royce and a maserati and a, a bentley all in one night we could go drive around i'd probably marry that guy for sure yeah i'm really into cars right now <laughs> which which y'all gonna eat what y'all like uh what, what would be the first thing you want to know about them about him yeah um i would just like i would just like want to get to know him mm-hmm. you know what i mean I, I don't know if there's um, i think it would help if he was into real estate yeah some real estate <laughs> knowledge because then we could talk about some stuff i love real estate um and seafood if he mm. took me out for like seafood that would be great because i love seafood Mm. If he had a jet, that would be dope. Also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, try to date Jay Z. <laughs> you would do all that. <laughs> fly me somewhere after we drive all these Lamborghinis and Bentleys. <laughs> oh my God, you're funny. All right. This might be why I'm still single. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so describe yourself in one word. Complicated. Complicated. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm definitely complicated, um, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I just been through a lot. You know, I've, I've been rich. I've been poor. Mm-hmm. I've been happy. I've been sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been um, 
international. I've been local. You know what I mean? So maybe complicated is not the right word, but multifaceted. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe that's a better word, a multifaceted. So, um, yeah, if there's no chemistry between us, I would get bored very quickly, oh, probably. Yeah. That's very true. And, like, um, remember, complications always become simplified. <laughs> you know, that's why there's math. So, <laughs> all right. So, tell everyone how to, how you could be reached if someone wants to, uh, you know, uh, get in the same career field you're in or just want to uh, learn more about life and get some advice from you. How could you be reached? Yeah, absolutely. Um, on social media... Um, my name is Capri Cruz. I think um, Dr. Doctor Capri mm-hmm. Cruz on on some of them, but um, my website is CapriCruz.com, and um, and I'm really open. You know, if anybody has questions, they can just um, contact me there, and and I'm open to chatting. You know, I try to share everything that I know, everything that I've learned, because the one thing I didn't have growing up was someone guiding me. Mm. And so, you know, it's my life mission now to to help everybody that I possibly can to the extent that I can without burning myself out. You know what I mean? Okay. And she got a lot of great videos on YouTube. I definitely uh, sat down last night and watched a few of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> very insightful. I need to make more. <laughs> yeah, I got I to gotta get on top of that. I just... Um, I just created um, or I started my new online coaching program, Prepare for 2020 and 2019. So hopefully some of those videos, I'll stick them on YouTube to update my profile. Okay. Well, I appreciate you for coming to. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. This was was awesome. All right. And we're going to get ended here. And thank you for listening. Real vibes, real shit, real stories. Come get a bite at the Lunch Me Podcast.